cliffcentral.com. This show contains adult content. If you find it offensive, please go to the cliffcentral.com website hmm. where there's a show for you. After Levinson's lubricant, here's the real thing. <laughs> Dave, I think you should give up the beer and go into the lubricant business. It's a really cool name, Levinson's yeah. Lubricant. And he said that, you know, when you make a girl laugh or a guy, nothing more a girl, yeah. you get, you get, you know, it's easier to get Absolutely. to score. Absolutely. Yeah. So that was pretty good, David. That was impressive this morning. <laughs> He's really funny. He really he cracks yeah, me up. I think we've got to actually get him into the studio with, with us, us one day. When the lube meets the sex, <laughs> when it's not on the shelf anymore. I mean, that'll you be. You know, after I met you, Janti, I started going to people say, just use lube. Mm. Just use lube. You can never have too much lube. You can never have too much lube. Just have more sheets and more towels. But. That's it. But you can never have too much lube. So that was pretty good, Levinson. <laughs> it was impressive. Yep. Very good. Yep. Okay, let's do our dirty dictionary word. Chocolate starfish. Twitter bag. Calipagian. Today's dirty dictionary word is ambisextrous. <laughs> dirty dictionary word. Ambisextrous. Any idea? No. <laughs> <laughs> Saying mayday, mayday, not even a clue. You know, I, sometimes you send, well, sometimes, okay, every time you send emails, and I'm trying mm. not to look, mm. but actually I thought it might. It might help a little bit to look intelligent from time to time. Mm. So I'm just like, I didn't look again. Mm. So, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Simply, it's a word without sexual labels. Okay. That's it. When the labels become too limiting, mm-hmm. then you're ambisextrous. Oh, okay. So it's about everything. Open oh, to everything. okay. That's, that's nice. Which okay. is really cool. Lovely. Yes. And we had such a beautiful water massage experience last night. Oh. That was Awesome. Can I share something? Please do. So everybody knows that I'm jontiholic, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, my family landed from Israel yesterday here, my uncle and aunt, and I just took them there. They wanted to go there. Which is amazing. It was amazing. It was beautiful amazing. to share they, with them. And meet them, because I've heard so much about your family yeah. over the years. Thank you. And it, for them, because they've heard so much about you, mm. of you, and and it was just, they they, they were flying. And it's amazing that a family member can say, guys, hey, I would, would you like to work on your intimacy with yourselves? Mm. And, and, and they went to people in the restaurant after, hey, you know what we did? And it was amazing that you can have a conversation about that. Mm. And, it's, and they said, no, it wasn't sexual. It was intimate. It was sensual. We worked on our connection. And I can't, they're flying. They're mm. absolutely, I think I even got some of their energy. It was beautiful. I'll actually share this with you. If I can get to my phone and <laughs> crash everything else Studio on dead, the floor. Burned. Um, that somebody who was there sent an email this morning, which was really beautiful, Lovely. of um, his experience. Because there were a lot of people there who did it for the first time last night. Mm. Yeah, and first time. Was, it, people were nervous, came to me. A few guys, when I dropped the, the family off, they were like, 
I'm nervous. I was like, mm. yeah, great. Nervous is wonderful. Yeah. Get out of your comfort zone. So this is what he wrote. Nudity is only a big deal if you have your clothes on. That was one of my thoughts after the water flow experience. Also, people are just people. Not man or woman, not fat or thin. Everybody is simply human and touch is simply touch. For me, water flow provided this platform to simply experience and observe without judgment. Mm. Tasty. Beautiful. So tasty. And that's Thank what you. It was. First of November is the next one. Is is it the the did I say the truth to them that it was actually the first one after quite a long time or No, last week was the okay. last month was the, yeah, first, the one, first one kind one. of after mm, winter for after a while. Winter. Yeah. They were so excited. So uh, my cousin is arriving today, and mm. they were like, oh, I wish we could bring them. They're kids. You know how yeah. beautiful his parents want to bring their kids to learn. And they all got in with bathing suits, mm-hmm. and everybody was with costumes. But after you're in the hot water and but darkness. that's the point. It's about being safe. Mm. And from the very beginning, it's, it's what you are comfortable with. For some people, I'm sure listening now, it's like, wow, I'm so far away from this. But you have no idea how close you are. It's natural. It's in you. It's like mm. it's like being sensual. It is in you, in your DNA. It's our birthright. It's who yeah. we are. True. So what do so, we have today? Well, we did a fascinating interview in the week with Galen Fuss from America, who is a therapist specializing in kink and fetish. Mm. He has written a phenomenal book called um, Exploring Your Kink. Decoding. Decoding Your Kink. Oh, first That's time it. I know something. I yes. there for a second. That shows you. <laughs> and... Um, it was about the first conversation, which is such an important part on a jetty. How do you open a conversation with your partner about exploring different aspects of your sexuality? And first, you have to know a little bit of what it is that you want. Exactly. Um, but if you're in a relationship, it's a conversation that you need to open. Yeah. And how do you start that? Because for some people, I think that's one of the hardest things. How do you open that door? The judgment that comes with it, the fear um, is enormous the fear of judgment beyond beyond of revealing yourself of making yeah. yourself so vulnerable. True, yeah. So, he, he's he's absolutely as as you as you discussed last few shows yeah. about sexual authenticity. Yeah. He, so because of the time difference, um, we couldn't chat to yes, him now because now is really the middle of the night mm. for them. Mm. So uh, we spoke to Galen on Tuesday night. Yeah. Tuesday night or Wednesday night. Anyway, it mm. doesn't really matter. And we had a wonderful conversation Very with useful. Him that we are going to share with you now. Mm-hmm. Um, it came from your idea as well that you want, that you said you really would like to have people to have practical, yeah. you know, move, move towards your, your maybe your, your who you really are. Because it's all very well that, that we have kind of an understanding of, yes, it's important. Yeah. But One day. how do you? And he even and speaks about the first date. Where mm. are you going to pick up dates? Where, what is your expectations when you go yeah. and you actually, okay, are you going to a bit like to FetLife? Are you going online and checking actually so people becomes, that might, yeah. Yeah, really important. And it's very much about sexual authenticity. And that's the mm. power. So I hope you enjoy this as much as we enjoyed the conversation because it really was. It's a beautiful, beautiful conversation. Um, yeah. And it's such an important conversation. So share it with all. All your friends around we, yeah. the world. Yeah, we will be on social media still. So if anybody Absolutely. wants to tweet about it and see that tweets that we put on, you're more than welcome. Cliffcentral.com. Galen, you never met Tamar last time we spoke. She wasn't here. No, I did not. Hello. It's Hi, Tamar. It's Tamar. Yeah, it's Israeli name. Galen, I'm, I'm following you on Facebook. Hey, eh? I'm very close to you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I can feel it. 
Yeah, good. Cool. Good. Good to hear yeah. from you and such an honor to have you on the show. Now, you've been doing lots of traveling. I saw all the pictures. You were away with your sons. You were camping. It looked amazing where you were. Oh, yeah. I have a, a, a special spot on the, the Washington coast uh, that's amazingly isolated and unpopulated. And uh, if you hit, hit the weather right, it's like being in the you know, paradise somewhere, not typical of the, the Pacific Northwest mm-hmm. coast, really. But uh, I managed to find a couple of weather zones that were just right. Yeah, it's an amazing spot. I'm for, so fortunate. And, yeah, I got to travel, visit my son down in San Diego, uh, do some events and things down there. So it's been a busy but good time. Wow, you're just you're you're a normal person because we haven't introduced you properly to our <laughs> listeners and it's like, you know, I already had something to say about are you taking your portable torture machine with you? <laughs> and, and yeah, but let's start from the beginning for the listeners like me. It those, travels yeah. well. Yeah, it travels yeah. well. Yeah. So Galen, you're a therapist specializing in working with kink and fetish, is that correct? Yeah, in a very specific sense. I mean, I think that is where my background is, and that's what I can best serve others uh, in that regard. Uh, but I do have a broader picture or a broader sense of what I work with is what I think of as uh, helping people become sexually authentic, sexually honest, uh, and empowered and embodied and, and all such things. But it seems like there's the most need in the area of kink where the, these principles are just starting to be applied more readily. They've begun in the kind of what was called the sacred sexuality uh, dimensions and, and mindfulness and all sorts of uh, consciousness practices. And I, I think it's important to apply them also to uh, uh People trying to come to terms with, wow, I'm a kinky person, and I'm also, how does that work? And I'm also a parent, and I go to my church, and I live in my community. Uh, how can I be this? Uh, these two almost disparate aspects of who I am? Mm, yeah. So that's what I help bridge yeah. that. Yeah, I talk, yeah it's, a par- I, it's a paradox. I talk know? a lot about... Um what you developed and, and, and named of, of the sexual authenticity yeah, disorder. <laughs> um, and it's become such a, a big part of so many of the talks that I give um, because it's huge. And so few people, especially in South Africa, where we are very conservative, have a very sexually repressed background. And it's a huge element uh, for so many people. Uh, yeah, it's, it's such an under world under the surface or undercover topic sure uh, it's not even been noticed that this is going on yeah uh until i kind of coined this uh term sexual authenticity Mm. disorder Mm. uh which i define as the fear of revealing or someone else discovering the the true depth of your sexual desire Mm. Uh, and that's like an epidemic in in our and certainly in the united states uh, and i imagine in the world yeah. Uh, too, uh, of people being just traumatized at the how that someone might discover uh, shame, and they're yeah. well, who they really are sexually, and yeah, because they're afraid of being shamed or ostracized or fired or divorced or uh, all kinds of uh, reactions that can occur. I mean, those are real concerns. It's not just a uh, an illusion that people 
uh, are afraid of these kinds of consequences, they actually can be the consequences. And that's why it's so challenging for people to reveal or get honest about their sexuality, even with their partners. Um, and so uh, this then puts it into shadow. So it doesn't, your sexual desire is not going to go away. It's a powerful force within the psyche. And it's going to be relentlessly pursuing what it desires, whether you do so consciously and honestly or not. And if you're not doing it consciously, and honestly, then you see how it happens in the world where the sexual shadow is running uh, amok out there, either people getting busted and, you know, having a fall from grace, like you see all the politicians and sports figures and celebrities of all sorts, religious figures uh, get caught in the very thing they are condemning often. But that's just the tip of the iceberg of uh, this is going on in every community and every block <laughs> In the neighborhood, you know, uh, the sexual shadow is operating. Yeah. People are sneaking, hiding, yeah. being out of integrity with their agreements and uh, high-risk behaviors, you know, that lead to all kinds of terrible consequences, all because mm -hmm. we can't be sexually honest with our partners or ourselves or our communities. Yeah, we here we have so much of that here, and we're approaching Sexpo, which is our big sex exhibition um, that I'm very involved with, with uh, about 100,000 people expected to mm, attend this year. Yeah. And for, if, wow. yeah, for so many people, it becomes the first time they actually become exposed to things like some live bondage demos. Um, we do some tantric mm. massage demos this year. We're doing quite a lot of squirting work with some women. And it's the first time people are actually exposed to this in a way that's real. It's not kind of this porn thing on a mm. computer screen. It's actually real and visceral. Yeah. Well, that sounds amazing. Yeah, and it it brings up so much for that so many people. That whole concept of yeah, bringing it out to the surface. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, Get people. People are in ready. Touch, yeah. The world is ready for it. Though I mean, it's it's so ripe to happen. Even though there's, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of pushback from conservative fundamentalist elements. You know. Uh, yeah, we've had that in the past where they have demonstrated outside, but now they kind of leave it alone. And uh, they come in and talk about how shocking everything is, but still spend a fortune on, on sex toys and underwear and things and go home and hopefully have a little bit of a smile on their face. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm cool. just concerned what happens with the people that are actually not allowing themselves to admit or to be to be healthy in that way of to let it just come come to their lives and just keep it all to themselves trying to live happily ever after with their partner, which they, according to religion, need to live with and um, to be a good person, a good mother, a good father, a good husband, whatever the case may be, and explode one day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a, there's so many consequences. And, and when you break it down, down to the relationship level of, you know, individual couples, uh, it's a tragedy uh, in many regards, you know, one way is that people might take this to the grave with them, you know, this important, vital part of who they are. Mm. And spend lives. They could never share that yeah, uh, with a partner. And spend lives. And the other tragedy is if they had, what if they had had the conversation? I mean, this is because we can't have the conversation. So if people go for decades in their relationships. One, they might be in an erotic mismatch because they didn't have the conversation to begin with so now they're in a relationship that they're in sexual agreements that they didn't really actually consciously make but suddenly they're in a oh you don't like to have sex but like once every two months eh? oh I see 
uh, well, I'm kind of like three or four or five times a week would be kind of my average, my baseline. Mm. So, huh, maybe that's a problem. Uh, but we don't review, you know, sex is the bastard of personality. It's always at the back of the line and the, you know, the pushed down if you even talk about it also. But, uh, People could be in, I know situations where people have been in relationship together. And as it turned out through one circumstance or another, or through finally something, you know, this fall from grace happened, they still talk about it and they find out, oh, you too. Uh, you know, I, I have a client who's uh, that it was the case where uh, he got busted and, and sneaking, you know, around uh, sexually. And he, it brought him to finally have to be honest with his wife. Mm. And it turns out, yeah, I'd love to get kinky with you. And so they, they, they've been playing and, and DSBDSM, consensual DSBDSM since then. And it's like, wow, he couldn't believe how, you know, they'd been married for 20 years and wow. hadn't ever, he went, he was sneaking, hiding, you know, because he was ashamed of, of revealing that mm. to his partner. And here was a, a case where, now both of them are, are really kind of ecstatically engaged in, in a deeper level of their sexual connection. And that's kind of where what I wanted to use as a starting point, that this is going to be part of a series that we're going to explore called The First Conversation, mm-hmm. looking at different aspects of, of sexuality and talking to some different people and giving some people some really practical Advice on how do you have that first conversation? What are the elements of the conversation? What are the questions to ask? And how do you dip a toe into the water? So that's our starting point for this. Yeah. Well, I think that's a great – it's right wherever everything is at, right at that edge Mm. for most people yet who haven't had the conversation. And so – under that circumstance, right in, in this moment, there's a kind of a range of, of situations that people can be in. Oh, I've been married mm. 25 years now, and I haven't had the conversation mm. yet. Or I'm, I'm single, I'm going to go start dating, and how do I, I want to have that conversation? So, you know, there's kind of uh, a range of, of answers, maybe, because of the different circumstances that people might find themselves in or places along the spectrum. So... Um, I, I think maybe I would start that with the, the single person, uh, first, um, and then we can go to the other one. But the mm-hmm. first thing is know yourself, mm. Yeah, you know, before you start to approach someone else with what you, you know, a kind of an ill, a rough idea, get clearer about exactly what it is you desire. Understand, think about what your boundaries are, i.e. the edges, the places you wouldn't go versus the places you would go. Kind of sort those things out for yourself and get clear uh, about it. And also know that uh, you will be on a process of pace through that journey. You know, you don't need to do everything the first time and go to the edges. You know, just get no clear what you want and then kind of pick out, okay, what would be a nice, easy way to begin this? Yeah, uh, because with someone, yeah, because you know, there's such the a first time yeah, I have to. Yeah. So that would be the first step is to really know yourself, kind of understand uh, this idea of about uh, you don't need to go very fast. You can just kind of slow if you're, you're brand new. Start slow. Take it easy. Just kind mm. of explore, experiment mm. uh, if you do engage with a partner. 
Yeah, because yeah. how how important do you think erotic material f- across the spectrum is in opening people to the possibilities? Like watching various things, and all of a sudden there's a trigger. Like that interests me, and I never thought about that before. Well, I think that's why we're in, in such a phenomenal era because of the internet. The internet is revealing the erotic psyche, the unconscious dimensions of of the human sexual psyche and it's like a cornucopia (laughs) right now of uh you know a pantheon of styles and tastes and fetishes and kinks and desires uh sacred and profane uh both i mean it's all coming to the fore right now uh i mean it's coming to the fore in kind of an underworld sense it's risen from obscurity into this underworld level through the internet that now people can privately go out and explore and I think people should do and that's what people are doing they can't stop you know Eros is kind of a relentless uh, dimension of us and it finds ways to uncover or discover what its desire is so I think it would be yeah go ahead and check out all kinds of porn sites and kind of see if you're brand new haven't really stepped in yeah, just start cruising around and, and see what you respond to. You'll know what you uh, like when you see it. Many people already know, but they just haven't really, they've been afraid to mm. look. But yeah, open yourself up like this sex expo that you t- just described. That sounds awesome where people can, what a great place to have brought this kind of uh, from the underworld of the internet out into the, the public venue, you know, that pe- people don't have to. People can commune mm-hmm. with others uh, in a way maybe they're a little shy and embarrassed, but the yeah. shame is being lifted that, oh, I can actually go to this event and public and see these things. That's amazing. Yeah, it's a very powerful platform for that, and it's one of the reasons I've been involved in it for so long as a, a conscious practitioner is to make it conscious and to show people how normal, how wonderful, how beautiful so much of it can be without anything sleazy, without anything dirty or nasty. It's a a great platform for that. Yeah, so, you know, that was, uh, so know yourself. Then the second step would be learn how to communicate honestly with a potential partner. And the earlier you have the conversation in a relationship, the better. Yeah. I would do it, like, right out of the gate. (laughs) Why wait? Yeah, first date. This is what I'm into. Yeah, Exactly. Like, I, yeah. do I want to cultivate or attempt to have a relationship, go a couple of weeks or a month with someone and then say, oh, by the way, mm-hmm. and find out they're not in- interested at all? Uh, if my point is I really want to engage my sexuality uh, in an honest way, yeah, I want to lead right off of that. Why wait uh, and waste time uh, for both sides, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. when it turns out, oh, it wouldn't be a good match here at all. Mm-hmm. So and that leads then kind of the second level of that is uh fish in the pond you know that you're hunt you know you're of what you're seeking you know mm. this this isn't like uh, let's, let's go to the 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 nightclub or the gym the the yeah bookstore or something and hope i run into someone who who's a kinky submissive woman <laughs> for instance <laughs> uh the, the odds are way down it's like being a gay man and and going yeah. into a straight bar. Yeah, totally. Why? Uh, it'd be kind of a waste of time. <laughs> so true. Uh, maybe you get lucky, but, you know, it, it's like so 
obscure. It's so much more clearly focused now with sites like FetLife and Alt.com and all kinds of personal sites that are designed for people seeking uh, alternative sexuality partners of of all kinds. Uh, So I I would start, if I was intending to date and have my sexuality be an integral part of uh, the person I was am and the person I'm people I'm looking for, I would uh, really home in on on the population that is maybe similarly seeking the same. Mm. Yeah, there's even something about being honest. Uh, if I'm going to tell you that up front, there is a better chance I'm also telling you the truth and I'm actually willing to be honest with you and be frank, which means I haven't been, I didn't hide from you things from, for, for years. Yeah, which so many people yeah. do with such disastrous consequences. Exactly. When you get to think about actually what does it mean about my partner? But, but if this guy I'm dating actually comes, and, and for me, it's a true story with me, with my partner, he came up straight to me and said, okay, this is what I like. And I was shocked. I was disgusted sometimes, you know, things that I maybe wasn't, wasn't really familiar with, but I said, wow, what, what courage, what honesty. And then I actually d- mm-hmm. discovered that even the fear and the, to be discussed is one of the best steps of actually acknowledging something new. It doesn't mean that it's not going to grow grow on you even. You can actually even learn to love different kinks. We never know it existed. We really never explored. We didn't allow ourselves, most of us or a lot of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, that's a good example. Because mm. I know over the years certain experiences that I had that never interested me, but in the moment they were, wow, this yeah. is really cool. It was Some a part of, of your devo- development. No, never. And even like if I saw them, for example, in, in, in porn, they never interested me. But when it was there in reality, that was, wow, this is really, really cool and exciting. It's, uh, it's complicated to get clear about what you desire because there's so many inner voices and messages that tell you that's wrong, it's horrible, it's disgusting, you'll go to hell, uh, you'll, what will people think? Uh, I've just recently had some experiences with that in some of my own uh, engagements of people saying, oh, no way. Oh, that's. And then <laughs> a little while later, mm-hmm. uh, well, you know, uh, actually, I can see that the part of me that was speaking was this old part of me that is always holding back or not able to reveal. Uh, so this is part of the beauty of the journey into sexual authenticity is that you're going to get to look at all the parts of you that haven't been willing to allow that. You know, they're going to show up. So just because you cross the threshold even, all right, I'm going to go venture out and explore this a bit. Uh, I kind of coach people to be prepared on the other side of that. Once you complete the journey uh, there, that first excursion, be ready for kind of an all-out assault by the parts of your psyche that have kept it hidden for decades you know they have had a lot of power and influence and they're going to be kind of freaked out when you've kind of started to break loose from the control they've had so this is an inner psychic experience that uh i've heard it described sometimes i think this is maybe what people are talking about they call about sub drop uh there's a certain kind of after you have this intense scene with someone that uh, you kind of fall into like a almost like a depression or 
or a not a you're not exuberant. And I think this is like this uh, this kind of attack going on in the inner psyche of you're bad. That was horrible. How could you do that was so disgusting. You should be ashamed of yourself mm. or uh, messages like that that actually physiologically enter the body and, and create this feeling of, you know, down, you know, being kind of in a down state. So if you're prepared for it, you can. Oh, there's that voice uh, that I've objectionable voice. No, that's mm-hmm. not who I am. And I'm, I'm proud of who I am. And I claim my birthright. This is a lot of what has to happen energetically as people get that it is your birthright to be exactly who you are sexually and to exercise and explore Amen. and express that. And that. An interesting question. The roles that we have and the impact that they play. So for example, <clears throat> as a single person or before you get married, you have a certain level of freedom. Then you get married and you become a husband or a wife. And I think this impacts on women much more than on men. As a wife, I don't behave in certain ways. True. And then you become a mother. And as a mother, I don't behave in Mm. certain ways. But those parts of you haven't gone away, especially if you opened the door to them before. They're there and they're just as strong, if not stronger. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of cultural and religious and moral overlays being laid upon sexuality, which has always, as I said, been the bastard of personalities, you know, so it is the part that's supposed to be least important or shunned or put aside, or that's not really what you should focus on. You should be in this lofty devotion to your children and family and upstanding citizen and all such things. But as you said, that's not the truth. The truth is, is that we are very sexual. You know, there are some people who are very sexual. I mean, I think there certainly is a spectrum of people who maybe have maybe only a little interest in sex and people who are like, whoa, yeah, I have interest in sex 24 yeah. seven uh, kind of level. Um, but the situation there, and this is one of the principles I teach of uh, the five keys to uh, becoming a consciously sexual person uh, one of them is understanding paradox, this very thing we, we just talked about. Yeah. Uh, the uh, It's kind of the Madonna-Hore split, you mm. know, uh, in classic, you know, Catholic uh, sense psychology, sensibility is of, you know, or, or, or Freudian or whatever that this is. Uh, uh, you uh, And men have this same problem, you know, that they they want their wife, they, they're per- trained to have their wife be the Madonna, mm. but not the whore. That's why they go out and seek it elsewhere because they, they can't let her hold both of those. They don't know how to let her or themselves yep. uh, get that this is a paradox. We live in this monotheistic uh, reality, cultures where things are black and white, good or evil, right or wrong. Uh, and that's not really the way it is. There's many shades of, of these uh, sides. So the people struggle with how can I be be a, a, a nasty, filthy, slutty girl on the one hand and, and have that be, yeah, I really am. I love that. It's mm. totally hot. It's me on. And the bet also now, Jesus, now I'm a, I have a four year old or a 10 year old and uh, I go to church and I sing in the choir and, uh, how, you know, <laughs> and so the, because we live in that monotheistic culture, you can't be both, uh, those things. Yeah. You're told you're one, you can't be the other. Yeah. Uh, but the truth is, is no, I am both those things. They're just true. Now I have to understand how can I consciously integrate those two in a way that I'm in integrity with my 
agreements and my values and my responsibilities. I love that. Um, and I love that part of life from my personal point of view of often, you know, at the end of the day, so you think of how many people, clients that you saw and what you did. So you might have done, I don't know, for example, two or three G-spot massages on any given day. And then at half past four, you're in the supermarket deciding what you're going to buy for supper. And then I'm going <laughs> home and I'm making supper with my daughter. And then we're watching a movie. And it's just this fullness of this wonderful life. And it leads to the depth of intimacy that, yeah. unfortunately, not enough people get to experience with each other. When you can be so honest and vulnerable and reveal, like, yeah, I'd like to tie you up and spank you and uh, 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 whatever else might be included, uh, yeah. I feel so safe. You know, I feel so at ease. You know, I, I feel profoundly moved. God, my partner welcomes that part of me, mm. uh, loves it, encourages it, admires it, respects it, uh, that to be that trust and feel safe with me to, to go into these, you know, uh, intense, edgy kind of uh, kink oriented sexuality is uh, that is the profoundest intimacy and trust I've ever experienced. Yeah. Mm. So in that first conversation, what are the elements that people need to be aware of to start creating that safety? Even if it's just dipping a toe into the water and by revealing mm -hmm. some of, of my desires to you, how do I begin to create yeah. that safety with a partner? Well, uh, safety and trust, you know, so it's it's really all about trust. You know, what's being built here, this is the beginning of the conversation, is about building trust mm. uh, in the connection. You know, so it, it's really important to emphasize first, like, I respect your humanity. Uh, I uh, want a connection with you that we are, are uh, starting at the place where we both will go at a pace that we both can understand and handle. We'll negotiate what the edges or specifics are, um, but uh, we'll do practices that are about learning to be pre present. I mean, these are all things, that, again, back to maybe the, the preliminary things is, you know, learn about being present, learn about being in your body, uh, learn about building. So trust is really, uh, to a great extent, if you're starting this with new with a partner, there's going to be so much surface tension between your body and their body body a lot of nervousness anxiety performance fear or geez what the what will they think and so this is a good place to uh if you've already kind of had the conversation a bit and uh, but uh connecting physically is a good practice you know just sit with each other you know let a non-erotic touch start just to like bridge that gap because there's a distance between two bodies when they're not touching and so if you do that and breathe together, you can help you both kind of get more present with each other. Then it's just about really being really direct and honest in your question. So uh, let me ask. So if I was meeting someone for the first time and starting, I mean, I, I the way I operate, I'd already have a lot of good preliminary understanding of where their boundaries and edges are because I went on their profile on a site of someone looking for a kink partner and they've listed all their things so a lot of these questions if you're in kind of a non-alternative world yeah you've got a lot more homework to do kind of between each other it, it, uh, but so I'm 
again, it's complicated to talk about which situation are we referring to here. Uh, and I, I get a sense maybe that a lot of this is for the listener of the people who've never been on FetLife or didn't really think of, I'll do my checklist yeah, just think. and get all the where my boundaries are and yeah, that's kind all of, of that. that. So if, if you're in that zone, in that part of the equation, uh, say you're someone who has a partner. Maybe you're just starting or uh, you're. it's still in the newer stages, just uh, pretty much the first question. is: So would you be willing to have a conversation with me about some aspects of my sexuality that I'd like to explore with you and, and, and really do so in a conscious way? Um, how do you feel about having that conversation? You know, again, you got to get there. So this is about pace. This is about pace, too. Everything is really about pace. But so in your conversation, it's about making that pace. And you have to gauge if what you already know kind of about your partner, about how slow you might go, but make it where they are giving you per- permission. Mm-hmm. You know, they're in agreement with it. Yeah, I would like to explore that. Yeah. Or or what would be what would be resisting for you or what what would come up for you if I asked if we could have this conversation? Is there anything that you would, that would object to that? And uh, really start to open this up in a way that it's, you're not ramming it down their throat, so to speak. Yeah, that's you actually know, a at, very at good point. Age. Yeah, really, really important. Mm. Absolutely. And it's interesting because we're so terrified of being vulnerable but we're most powerful when we're so vulnerable because of the honesty. Mm-hmm. And from there we can Yeah, we're disarming. Places. The point is to disarm your partner, you yeah. know, by being so, so uh, present and safe and, and you know, not uh, aggressive in the approach you're taking. Just really make, make it feel inviting for them to discuss it with you. Mm-hmm. And be really cautious or, or concerned, considerate of, well, what, is there some things that this is bringing up for you that are uncomfortable? You know, try to really uh, just open it up. You know, if you open it up, it'll flow the way it wants to flow. Yeah. That's you just got to take some first steps. And if you make them feel safe and welcomed and invited and not uh, have to be, you know, forced into uh, it, agreeing to anything, mm. it's just a conversation. Uh, you'll you'll both start to get your motor running and, and uh, get to maybe some surprising depths that yeah. you didn't realize were even available. And important to acknowledge the discomforts along the way yeah. without having to do anything with them. Simply, mm-hmm. this does make me uncomfortable, and the simple acknowledgement of that is enough. Yeah, it's almost like uh, people. Well, yeah, yeah not not like people, but uh, when you when you engage with your partner and you have so much expectations, like finally I came up to you and I told you what I feel, and you you know you you don't like it or it makes you feel uncomfortable, then we're almost disappointed. You know, mm. I've opened my heart and. And that's that's a part of the fantasy, you know. Um, finally, I came up, and that's not the solution. As you know, Galen, this is what you're saying. Make it inviting. Make it not an earth-shattering experience. Make it just as, you know, unfolding another aspect of your life, not making also such a big deal, because it's going to be a process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and understanding yeah I think this is really great communication tools, you know, that come along with this 
Yeah, and understanding that it is a what process. What were you going to say, John? That I think mm. that's so important for people to understand that when you open the door, you really are opening the door just a crack. And mm-hmm. we're on a journey here. And, yeah. And with some patience, we can probably get to some really beautiful and powerful and exciting places. Mm. But to yeah, be patient I, is, is so important. I think important this is a, a point I want to bring in. Yes, patience. And this is a, a exact bouncing off of that idea is uh, I would encourage people to set this up as not having an intention to take it somewhere that mm. same day, that same moment. Absolutely. You know, start the conversation and then give it a couple of days to sit, settle in. You know, let's talk about it again in a couple of days and kind of see what's come up mm-hmm. and if any good questions or concerns or uh, other things come up and then come back and revisit it. Uh, because, you know, this is a this is why it's so such a bad idea to try and go out to a bar or a nightclub or something and pick some up and <laughs> try to get them home to have kinky sex you know it's, it's going to turn out yeah. bad in yeah. probably 90 percent of the cases some sort of consent <laughs> wasn't really dealt with or transparency or on- yeah, that's honesty like- uh and that's like yeah a- it's not a it's not the way to do it no, it's like a movie fantasy of it you know in, in an hour-long series on tv mm-hmm. you've got an hour to tell this whole story so the pickup in the bar is five minutes and after that everything's fantastic mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, pace, patience, you know, mm. honoring, respect, uh, listening. This is really important. You know, learn to be, be practice listening uh, to your partner to hear what they uh, really are, have to say. Ask good questions, mm. you know, uh, trust your feelings, you know, your instincts. Uh, this is such a natural part of us. Uh, there are people who are going to be so uh, under the weight of some moral ideology or something that it's really going to be challenging. But those probably aren't the people who are listening to this program well, and even considering the possibility. No, you know? no, you'll, you'll be, be surprised. surprised. Uh, From some well, of the calls and messages we get, uh, they surprise us Yeah, they sometimes. want to peek behind the veil. That's it, always. Mm. You know, it's like yeah. a, a lot of incredible anti-porn campaigners often have the biggest porn collections ever because mm. we have to really know what's going on out there. Of course. So. Yes, that's my going to be my job in the future. Maybe. <laughs> the same kind of research. Thing. Yeah. It's all about the research. That's, yes. Yeah. A little diversion of that. We have a, a, a body here called the Film and Publications Board. Um, and essentially they're the, they're the censor. So they just kind of rate all of the products. You know, books, uh-huh. art, movies, and that's their job, just to put a rating on it in the same way that a movie would be PG-rated yeah. or R-rated or X or whatever. And occasionally mm-hmm. they, they invite people to come and be um, – to rate some of the porn movies. Oh, and, cool. And you can actually get a job doing it. <laughs> and I was talking to somebody from the board, and I said, so tell me a little about bit about job. what happens. Yeah. and. They said you are not allowed to fast forward through one second of the movie. You have to watch the whole thing from start to finish to make sure there's nothing untoward, you know, with their categories. Like if it's a child porn or bestiality yeah. or whatever. So, like, if you don't really like watching blowjobs, for example, and you're going to fast forward through the blowjobs, you cannot do that. No. You have to so you be have thorough. You have to sit and watch it all. I you know. cannot do that. 
It's the law. <laughs> it's the law. <laughs> exactly. It really made me chuckle. Uh, it really appealed to me. But yeah, that's funny. I want to go back to something in terms of patience because very often when you bring up something kinky and the spectrum of kink for people is huge. You know, for some people it might be that all of a sudden I'm going to put a finger up your butt and we've never done that before as opposed to Fisting. I want to tie you up and mm. spank you or whatever. And it's just this enormous spectrum for people depending on where they are. But a lot of people's first response is going to be resistance. Yeah. And that's just the fear, mm-hmm. the conditioning, the patterning. And when you leave that for a couple of days, it has some time to percolate, to sit there. And all of a sudden, something inside says, hmm, maybe. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think the patience in this is so important for people. And that's where you're really honoring your partner to allow them that, allow time to to brew, to percolate, to integrate. We also don't like change. We don't like mm-hmm. anybody shifting or moving, you know, or rocking the boat. And there is such an issue around even changing as, you know, John, do you speak about it? And it's never too often that we don't even want to change the position. Mm. So if I'm going to, mm-hmm. you know, reveal the true self or any kind of curiosity, finally I let loose, you know, I, I put my hair down, I allow myself to express, to be curious, to be maybe not normal. And what for it, some people it might just be as simple as putting the lights on when they have sex or make love as opposed to always doing it in the dark. Most, mm. everything, most of the things are not Normal, actually. Only thing that is normal is doing what, I don't know, porn movies allowed us to think that that's cool. You know, if I want to spit on you, I want to curse you, all these things, that's not cool. You know, if I want to do something which is more, in a sense, fetishy. Yes. Well, well, this is uh, what Jati was referring to and leading on from what you're saying there, Tamar, is uh, that part that percolated up and said, hmm. Uh, this is what I call your sex creature. Mm. And it is a distinct persona within the psyche that is quite different, totally different uh, than your everyday social persona. You know, and it gets activated when you are aroused or it is what is arousing you when you mm. when you feel aroused. It is a uh, part of us that is kind of on the hunt, you know, always sniffing uh, around, waiting, looking for opportunities and it op- operates mostly in the unconscious because of all the ways that that's the only place it's been allowed to operate uh, until recently in starting these conscious practices. So I I have this, uh, and this is relating to the conversation we've been having about what people might want to do or try or experiment with. Uh, There's a principle I call sex is friction, eros is myth. And uh, what the dimension we haven't talked about yet is this, this, Sex creature is okay. So who is that that wants to show up? You know who who is it that wants to get spit on or spit on someone? Mm-hmm. You know who are they? You know this is related to an inner story, what I call your personal erotic myth. I mean, people might have multiple ones, but there often is a core myth, and they often have to do with some level of power exchange mm-hmm. uh, aspect of one having control, one being controlled, mm-hmm. and uh, it. There's all there's an array of uh, archetypal configurations, you know, that occur in pairs. That's one thing that's very interesting in the gene pool. Uh, you got a particular kind of fetishy desire. Well, 
there's someone else in the gene pool who's going to be the counterpart to that. Mm. If you look on FetLife, you see the, these populations and tribes growing of uh, people. Oh, mm. you, you too. Camps, I mean, yeah. it's kind of a shocking discovery. But if people start playing around with with under, thinking about, so who is that that wants this kinky sex, you know, be it submissive or dominant? Uh, uh, what are they saying? What are they wearing? Where am I? Uh, you can start to drill down into these notions that you have when you when you see something percolated up. Oh, what was that? If you drill down, you, you can start to connect more with this actual mythic fantasy that's going on, that it's a very erotically charged desire that you can do learn to do consensually and, and risk-aware ways that can be incredibly intoxicating erotically. There's an exercise that I teach my clients. Um, based on that idea of the sex creature that you actually do as a visualization, that you create a room, a space that's safe for you, and you bring that aspect of you into the room. You give it some kind of, of mm. persona simply because then it's easy to talk to, to relate to. Yeah. And you put it sitting across the desk from you or sitting on the couch next to you. And you start engaging with it and asking, you know, what does it want? Mm. What would it like? And really starting to yes. to get in touch with it and, and, and develop a relationship with it. Uh, that's a great uh, concept, Shanti, uh, and it's something I do and encourage yeah. clients. Similarly, to go on a journey, you know, do a meditation. Mm. And again, yeah, to ask. So some people say, I, like, I have a, a daddy-daughter fantasy, you know. Maybe. And, and so, but the person says, but I don't really know anything about it. I haven't gone there. It like, kind of scares me. And I don't, I just kind of get a sense of it, but I have no idea. And exactly what you said, you can, there's meditations and, and different visualizations, imaginal processes, voice dialogue is, is kind of a principle and gauge there where you can, it's a not uncommon. It's very likely that if you open to that part, and literally, it is a distinct part. This is what it's about. Is it's what I and with the sex creature, it's about untangling it from all the ways that it's been held back and held mm. down and resisted. So you can hear the voice clearly, and it will speak to you. You know, absolutely. Uh, if you treat it like a persona, it will. And you go on a little meditate yourself, drop down a little to a meditative state a bit, get past your skepticism. What would I? talking to a fucking chair sitting over there and <laughs> there's nobody in it. Uh, you know, uh, they don't actually, that imaginal realm of our conscious subconscious will activate and, and it already, and it does already know all the answers to whatever question you have. And it really opens doors for people to understand so much of themselves. Once they start that dialogue, that conversation. Yes. Uh, so, uh, as we're kind of seeing, this is a, it's a rich and also complex territory. Oh, it you is. Know, there's a lot to understand and comprehend and, and work through to, to get to a place where you can feel, uh, ecstatic in, in your expression. But so the point is to start. That's why pace is, uh, as we talked about, is important. Let yourself kind of rest to this new, uh, exploration that you're going to have and, and then kind of pause and kind of do a deep, Briefing and a couple of days. It's the same thing as we talked about in the discussion. If you actually do step into an engagement with your partner, uh, in a couple of days, kind of write each other an email about what your experience was, a kind of a reflection on what what happened, and 
kind of what what was hot, what was maybe you need, you saw some, some resistance that you wanted to look at deeper. Because this is why it's really powerful, because you will get to look at your resistances, and, and these are parts of you that maybe aren't serving you that you do want to come to terms with, address, you know. I mean, many, obviously, we were raised in a sex-negative culture, so almost everybody's wounded yeah. sexually in their psyche. Their little boys or little girls have been shamed relentlessly, or if not outright traumatized and violated. Uh, you know, so these are places that, you know, people uh, will want to resolve, heal, I guess is the term as well, mm. uh, and have an opportunity to you know we don't have to become and remain victims uh this is not the the purpose of you know the wounds we receive are uh horrible can be horrible and, and terrible and there's no question that they happen and has terrible consequences but everyone can reclaim their agency and be empowered uh if they have the intention to then they can start developing practices that will allow that to happen mm. That's beautiful, yeah. and I think that's where we're going to end just because of time. But it is. It's a lifelong journey, and it keeps on changing as we keep on changing and growing. So the exploration is, is constant and endless yeah. and absolutely beautiful. And if people, you know, I mean generalization, of course, as always, but if I um, – let me talk about myself. If I will stop thinking that there will be a demon that will come out and make me insane – because honestly, who who is not exactly the people that are actually not exactly sane? You know, it doesn't matter if they have kink; they don't have kink. If they have a psychiatric problem, it will come out anyway. It's not, you know, this conscious way of unve- of re- re- revealing something is really a healthy procedure actually because the fact that you're not forcing yourself on anyone you are being truthful you are being patient you are being all those terms you have you have used so wisely uh gail and we're actually hearing it that this is this is all very healthy and this is happening Mm -hmm. to most of us if not actually all of us we all have sides that we're not revealing to each other yeah yeah, it's it is a it's like a spiritual path, really. You know, a sacred path. You know, to becoming who you are. You know, this is the mission of the human is to become who you are, to be yeah. who you are, and that's your gifts that you can then share in the world and be in service in the world with. And it's also opening your heart. You know, open. I mean, there's it's love, bringing love, more love to yourself. Uh, because there's a lot of self loathing about what our sexual desires yes. are. Yeah, listening, all of these things are beautiful. Like, uh, just that kind of last comment, it's like kind of a, a hysteria that we've been embedded True. in us about our sexuality, that it's horrible and, oh, wow, it's gonna, we're gonna go to hell, we're gonna become a demon, and we're gonna, you know, the, become a murderer, rape, murdering rapist, uh, or, or some, you know. Yeah. It's kind of like they made this movie in the 50s called, called Reefer Madness. Uh, the United States uh, government made that to, it was like really an over the top, uh, soap mm-hmm. opera of oh, God. Uh, the horrors of marijuana smoking, you know, and people going psychopathic and crazy and jumping out of windows and, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. getting really Frank- Frankenstein. And uh, it, it's really kind of a similar notion that's been placed over sexuality, you know, uh, that people are, unfortunately misled to think oh my god this is uh, going to lead to you know 
my destruction. Mm, that's the first step on my uh, me yeah. being destructive and I. Galen, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and your wisdom with us. It's so appreciated. Mm-hmm. We can't we can't even tell you. Thank you so oh, so much. Yeah, very pleasure to meet you, Tamara, and both of you. Yeah, you're doing great work, and I love your uh, how you're bringing this out in the world. And uh, it's always a pleasure to connect with you. Thank you so so much, and we'll chat very soon again. All right, bye. Now. Cliffcentral.com.